Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here tonight, seeing Peakless Mountaineer. And the authentic Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will, is also here. During the pre-show prep, we were talking about, I don't remember who did it, but some one of these skit comedy shows, maybe mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live or Mad TV or something like that. A long time ago, they did a, a spoof of the $6 million man, mm-hmm. and instead they made the $600 man. Okay. It was built out of like, you know, toaster parts from a junkyard <laughs> and, you know, blender pieces and, you know, because they had no budget at the time mm-hmm. for the military. But uh, now, wrong kind of $5 million man. Uh, this one is uh, none other than the president, Joe Biden. Well, what about him? Well, would you like to buy Joe Biden? Apparently, he's for sale for $5 million. That seems kind of cheap for a president. I That's know. what I said. Yeah. I what know. a bargain. Right? Like, I mean, this seems like, you know, basement pricing. Is right. there a sale today? Is it a holiday? What's going on? Uh, this from Zero Hedge. Bombshell FBI document alleges $5 million bribe paid to Joe Biden by Burisma Executive. I know you're shocked. Oh, Burisma. That's the, wasn't that the Ukrainian power company? Yep. That Hunter Biden was all yeah, Ukrainian, in depth with? Yeah, Ukrainian Bingo. oil company that uh, Hunter Biden got like a really, really high level, well-paid yeah, position. Yeah, he was getting like 50 mil or something like that, right? You know, because he has tremendous experience in and his uh, Ukrainian is flawless. power companies and that kind and of And he's uh-huh. never done crack. No, no, no. <laughs> Nor does he own a laptop. Or hired <laughs> prostitutes. <laughs> or all three at the same time. Yeah. Uh, someone has leaked the contents of the stonewalled FBI document form FD-1023, which alleges that President Joe Biden was paid $5 million by an executive of Ukrainian natural gas firm Burisma Holdings, where his son Hunter sat on the board. That's right. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's his job description. Just sit there. Board member. Mm-hmm. You just you just sit. I mean, that's pretty much Don't all you do, do on a board. Just sit. sit. I mean, it is a perfect place to put someone who's absolutely useless, but you're, you know, using to bribe his dad. Yeah, I mean, basically, board board positions uh, in some cases are very kind of, well, in all cases, they're really boring positions. They, B-O-R-E-D? Uh, not B-O-A-R-D? Yes, very B-O-R-I-N-G, boring. Um, and I, I presume they're, you know, we're, we're giving him this for some reason, and that's never really been made clear. Well, the form dated June 30th, 2020, is from a highly credible confidential human source who had detailed multiple meetings and conversations they had with a top Burisma executive uh, over the course of several years, beginning in 2015. The CHS had been working with the FBI as a regular, reliable source of information since 2010 and has been paid approximately $200,000 by the Bureau. Mm -hmm. The Burisma executive sought the advice of the confidential source. A, bur- uh, a business professional on gaining U.S. oil rights and getting involved with the U.S. oil company. The source is familiar with the document said the Burisma executive was speaking with the confidential source to get advice on the best way to go forward in 2015 and 2016. Mm-hmm. According to the form, the confidential human source said the Burisma executive discussed Hunter's role on the board. The confidential human source questioned why the Burisma executive needed his or her advice on acquiring access to U.S. oil if he had Hunter Biden on the board. The Burisma executive answered by referring to he's Hunter Biden hell. as dumb. <laughs> so this executive wow, it's, said... It's yeah. almost like he didn't meritocratically earn his place right. on the board of, uh, of a Ukrainian he, company. He didn't perform tasks valuable enough and rise through the ranks by his own accomplishments to achieve... His, his yeah. seat on the board? That's kind of what it sounds it like. It begs the question, again, <laughs> why is he there? If he is so stupid <laughs> to the point where, yeah. Well, the- to ask that question is to answer it. I mean, obviously, this is a way of bribing the people in actual power. Sure. And, and the funny but part why? about this. Well, I mean, the well, because they're, because the American government runs Ukraine. Pure mm-hmm. and simple. So when the coup happened in 2014, Burisma right. didn't even bother to try and bribe the new incoming government. They went straight over their head to their managers in the United States government. Smart move. It is. There's just a couple more points in the article. The confidential source, according to sources familiar with the FD 1023 form, told the Burisma executive he should, quote, get away from the Bidens and said the executives should not want to be involved with them. Mm. 
A source familiar with the document told uh, Fox News Digital that the confidential human source goes on to detail a later conversation with the Burisma executive following the 2016 presidential election. The confidential source asked the executive if he was upset that Donald Trump won. The source said the Burisma executive told the confidential source that he was an oracle referring to his or her advice to get away from the Bidens due to fears of potential investigations into their dealings. These revelations came to pass after a whistleblower approached uh, GOP Senator Chuck Grassley and House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer hmm. to let them know that the FBI was in possession of document FD-1023. Well, of course, nothing will be done about this no. document, but it's interesting nonetheless. And in the same way uh, you referred to President Trump uh, facing charges and mm -hmm. being impeached, and you know, and we've seen this happen before. Nothing's going to Not happen. charges. Yeah, I, okay. You think but nothing's going to happen with I this? I think nothing's going to happen. What do you mean by that? It, nobody prosecutes a president, a former president. He's being prosecuted. I, yeah, but it's just, it's going to fall apart. And you think all, so? Yeah, I think it's all yeah, just going to. Yeah, I'm with him. You know? Really? Oh, or, yeah. or he's going to get off completely. It's just, it's a dog and pony I mean, show. like, really? Let, okay. Let, let's I, run I these so. ideas. Let's let's investigate, you know, in, in our own little imaginary world, what will happen on on A or B, right? Okay. So, Well, first uh, of all, it's, it, before you do that. It is certainly unprecedented what they've what they've done, right? right? Like no right. president has ever been raided by the FBI in his home. Right. That happened. And as soon as that happened, I'm like, all right, all bet all bets are off. I mm -hmm. thought this I thought he was untouchable like every president. And no, he's not untouchable, at least in yeah. that way. And now charges are being brought, 30-something mm -hmm. charges. I mean, that's a pretty serious uh, array of charges. They may end up bringing more later on if they yeah. treat us, you know, they treat him like they treat anybody else. Mm -hmm. So well, why, is, okay. well, why are you so well, skeptical? Well, hold on. So, so uh, just to, to deal with the, the massive break in protocol that this uh, yeah. is. So, like, uh, I'm a student of history, mm -hmm. and you see this sort of thing happen at certain turning points. So, like, this is the sort of thing that you would expect when, say, the communists are taking over. It's like, okay, well, we've reached this point. Now we're going to use the police apparatus to target our political opponents. Now, right. whether it's the communists or the fascists or whoever it is, whenever some ideology or another hits a certain point of popularity and they've done enough to change the society and its laws, then they just have to keep pushing the envelope and going further and further. Like they reach that point where they just have to nail it or else they're all going to be put in jail. So why would they backtrack? Mm. If they're if they're going forward, if they're you know right. trying to send That's... a message, why would they backtrack and drop the charges or or botch the case, throw the case or whatever? I mean, what are you That's predicting is question. gonna happen here? Oh, what do I, well, what I think is going to happen is that none of this is going to is going to go anywhere. So like for one thing part of this meaning they'll lose a look, jury they trial? know they know that uh look they know that uh trump is not going to exit any wars they know that right. he's he's not well, what no, they want he did kind of draw down afghanistan didn't he i mean a bit he, he shuffled some troops yeah i, I mean he withdrew some troops well, and then biden well, withdrew the rest but then, of them. He, but then he sent them somewhere else well, right. of course. Right. He didn't wind down any of the, like, what are we in, half a dozen wars right now? He didn't know. wind any of I'm those down. Uh, he didn't He didn't even withhold from Ukraine any of the weapons that they wanted or any of the money to buy the weapons from us that yeah, they wanted. Yeah, by no means was he, uh, you know, that different from any of his predecessors. Right. right. So this, this, I think, is just another, it's another thing to say, look how anti-establishment Trump is. See, the whole establishment's going after him. You think this is a play to oh, actually absolutely. get him more publicity, oh, more popularity? I mean, certainly you, people are going to galvanize behind him. You There's do no realize doubt. that negative publicity spreads faster and further yeah, than positive Yeah, no, I, I get it. But uh, So do you think that when this goes to trial, like, the odds that they're going to bring 37 charges and then drop all 37 seem pretty low, right? They're... They, you know, the federal government doesn't bring charges against you just to play a little, you know, sh show. It's not a show, right? Like, they're, they're going to go forward you know, with or this. Or is it, right? Because it seems to me like this is a lot like watching some episode, of, you know, on the next episode, you know, of, of the United States of America previously. It's, it seems to me like his best chance is to hope that a Trumper gets on the jury. And the odds are someone will. I mean, 12 people, there's a good chance at least one of them is going to yeah, be a Trump I, fan. So, Just, um, based uh, on history, I don't think anything is going to happen other than a whole bunch of people are going to be talking well, about it. Uh, th this one's being held from, like, the jury selection is uh, from Florida, right? 
Or is this yes, the one this that's would be the, the Southern District of Florida? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's going to be a Trumper on that jury. Okay. Like, th- there's going to be at mm-hmm. least one Trumper that ends up on that jury, and he'll at least hang, hang the, jury, the jury, if nothing else. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't think that anything important is going to come from this. Mm-hmm. I think this is just uh, it, it's no new. It's the uh, the no such thing as bad press. It's on the this. WWE, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, this is just the next piece of drama in the soap opera that is the United States government. Yeah, and and it's it it's beautiful for both sides because the the Republicans get to you know really put on this amazing show of yeah we're the underdogs mm-hmm. we're taking down the establishment and draining the swamp. We got Tim on the line in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Tim. This is Tim on the line in Florida. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, so I took my friend Bill. He's 86 year old. Uh, I took him to Walmart. Uh, yesterday it's nice of you no it was the day it was the day before uh anyway there was an issue uh you know we we roll up because he's got he's got a person uh living in his place and they've taken over the living room and you know they're on his tv and is this an unwanted person like somebody who's it's it's, well i don't want to get into the whole story but it's actually the owner of the apartment um let's let's say he was evading a divorce situation and and property ownership and it, it ended up you know, he lost everything. So anyway, he's got this guy there now. He's going to be leaving at the end of the month. Not the point, but he's there in the living room now. So mm-hmm. like he's watching the TV. So I took my friend Bill to Walmart to get Roku and he brought some printer ink. So we're talking about like $140 and then he wanted to get $100 cash back. Mm-hmm. You know, this is basically the legacy banking system. And this is a story about how the legacy banking system both failed my friend who was 86 and uh, it basically embarrassed him at Walmart for oh, no good reason. And we still don't know why. All right, what happened? <clears throat> yeah, so so he runs his card, you know, puts in his code. His code's right. And uh, it declines. It declines like three times in a row. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the Haitian chick is trying to help him. And I'm like, look, it's not... It's not the, it's not the chip reader. It's, it's something else, you know. Something with his account. In other words, the, the bank's doing it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the guy's waiting behind us. So So finally, I'm like... I whispered in Bill's ear. I'm like, well, let me run my credit card. I ran my credit card so we could get out of there. Right. The next day we went to the bank. The guy, the guy didn't know why, sure. um, but he said, "Yeah, your card's good." The well, the was there enough that? of a was there a balance in his account? Yeah, I mean, he's got thirty eight thousand dollars in his account. So it's like, okay. did he say why his card was card declined? Canceled. Yeah. Nope. They don't know. I mean, they That's should crazy. be able to figure that out. They should be able to look at the transaction logs and say, okay, well, you know, this was yep. the reason or, or whatever. And maybe he was getting well, his it, PIN number it, wrong? It even, it, no, and it even hit, hit, it even hit his uh, uh, account as pre-authorization like five times. Whoa. So if he, if he had have only had like $500 in his account, he would have gone negative, possibly. Right, because that pre-authorization uh, you know. hangs out for a while, and if you stack them yep. on top of each other, it can actually prevent you from making any meaningful mm. transaction. Yeah, I guess you're right. This does sound like just a straight-up uh, bank system failure, where it, the, the system did not do what it was supposed to do, which was if you, get failed. The, if you get the PIN number right, that's supposed to authorize the transaction, and uh, that's it. That's supposed to be the end of the story. Yeah. And this guy, this guy's already afraid of like people trying to steal his money, you know, because they've mm-hmm. got into his computer before uh, using remote software, and they call him Ooh. on the phone from a different country. Yeah. Anyway, I just want I want to share that with you because it's, it really is a failure of the banking system, and if if, if we just used a push system, not to say Bitcoin, because mm-hmm. that's slow, slow and bulky, but uh, maybe Dash. But if we just used a push system. Uh, we wouldn't even have to deal with this. Yeah, what you're referring to is uh, cryptocurrencies where generally, I don't think there's any, that, I've, I've never heard of any that does it differently. With cryptocurrency, no one else can authorize a transaction besides you. Unless, of course, you've given them your keys and right. then they could do that. But uh, by default, you have your keys and you're the only one that has them. And so you are the one who sends the transaction. It is permissionless. It goes over a network that is decentralized no one can stop it. There's no one in the way to say, whoa, whoa, are you really the person you say you are? No, it's, they, it's, as long as you've got the, the keys, you can send the transaction. There's no one that says that you can't do this. There's no, uh, unless the internet's not working, your transaction is going to go through. It's going to make it to the receiving party. Yeah. So here's the question that I have about this. 
is he taking this warning for what it is? Look, you've got thousands of dollars that at any time they can just say, no, you may not spend these because it's not your money. You have an account with someone else. You have a loan that you've made to a bank. You don't have money. Now, if you had like a safe full of gold backs or uh, an account full of Bitcoin cash or something like that, you would have money. Let's go to David in San Francisco. Uh, David, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, I got uh, when I took financial management in college, they taught us never, ever borrow over three percent. And when you start looking at the Federal Reserve right now, they're trying to get uh, borrowing up to 6%. <laughs> and uh, so twice dangerous. Yeah. And uh, I, it's, uh, you know, this, um, I've, I've forgotten the term you use about the banking system, but it's the old boy system is designed to keep people in perpetual debt. Yep. And, and uh, the idea of, in, you know, in fact, um, when Biden was talking about getting the uh, kids out from underneath the student loans, they he would be basically creating uh, a, a, an enormous opportunity for them to expand and actually create something instead of being locked into perpetual debt. And the idea of cutting a few loans would free up so many people, you know, inventive ideas and ex- ability to uh, rebuild your back porch or any, you know, enhance your house and your other assets. It's just so penny wise and pound foolish to be talking about uh, uh, stifling uh, the student loans problem. So wait, you're you're saying people should uh, have the federal government pay off their student loans? Well, not exactly that. It's if you know about... By that, I mean taxpayers? Well, the fake colleges... That there were a bunch of, you know, five, ten years ago, there were these fake colleges that were trapping kids into borrowing money to go to an online university that was basically giving them a kindergarten education. That's about no, what they're getting in the regular universities at this point. Well, that's not true. And no, every it really is. Got its okay, own if you look into the you know, if you look into the effect of the so-called education that they're getting in these colleges, in a lot of subjects, How they are more informed and capable. In? They are more capable before they go to college than when they come out, especially in things like economics. They certainly are not as likely to question so-called authority once they get out of government school or government uh, college education the most obedient people that we see in these surveys that are being done are the people who have the highest education if you got a a master's degree you're more obedient if you've got a a are you the most obedient if you've got uh what's the the lower one uh below that whatever the four-year so how many of those classrooms you've been in personally too many yeah same i'm sure but uh, the money you sound like you don't believe us that we've been to college yeah, now we've been to college. It's, uh, it's garbage. Yeah, what was it? Uh, junior college? Was it Harvard? Was it uh, the school Oh, it, of very, it very much does not matter at this point. <laughs> I do have a question for, for David, though. You said uh, at the top of your call that when you went to whatever it was, financial management class or whatever it was, that they taught you never to borrow uh, more than 3%. Do you remember why they taught you that? I'm curious. Well, yeah, as a business, it, and it, it goes back to that the baby boom was cheated, uh, that 3% was actually considered high compared to what people from World War II were paying. I'm a baby boomer, so, you know, the baby boom kids were the kids of World War II. Mm-hmm. And when, when a VA note, you could buy a house for one and a quarter percent, uh, on a VA note, if you were a World War II vet, they the government would lend you money to buy a house at 1.25. Uh, uh, excuse me, I think it was 1.5. Uh, and and so, but then the baby boom, Vietnam comes along, and Richard Nixon decides to punish the the baby boomers for opposing the war, and he starts doing the sky's the limit for interest rates. And so the baby boom, all of a sudden, when by the time Jimmy Carter was in, interest rates were 22%. Kev, he's calling us from Florida. Kev, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. 
Hey, guys, I like listening to your show. Welcome, Kevin. I wish we had a lot of time to go into a lot of stuff, but um, the Jubilee comment that you guys were talking about before, it's actually not a Roman uh, tradition. It's an actual Old Testament tradition. Mm -hmm. I'm um, half Hebrew, half Irish, and a part Swedish, and it's what it is, it's um, a process of forgiveness. If you go back to the Old Testament, it's the story of Ruth and Naomi, and there was a Redeemer in there. It has to do with a family that's been on a farm for like generations and they didn't have a good crop or something, they would be able to go and get a loan to take care of their expenses. And if the land happened to be part of the loan, after 49 years, if they hadn't paid it back, all the debts were forgiven. It had something to do with um, a Solomonic tradition, hmm. or maybe it was King Saul. I forget which. It's been a couple of decades since I read it, but it's in there. Yeah, and the, that's where the Jubilee concept came from, because, you know, like, for example, in the story of Ruth and Naomi, they didn't have any male relatives because of some war or something that had happened. So they had no way to get their farm back. Mm -hmm. So they were working for somebody else's farm and, you know, subsistence living. And then there was a a relative or something, I forget the guy's name, Japheth or something like that, who came back from a war and was like this second or third cousin, and he could redeem their land, not only because he was the, the male family member, but he could also, you know, take care of a loan. Uh, I think it had something to do with his military service. Some, but that, that's where Jubilee came from. It's a, it's an old uh, Hebrew tradition. Hmm. Yeah, I know it's not, older not than thing. than Roman times, and yeah, uh, it's two or three thousand years old at least. Yeah, I didn't. I you know I probably uh, misspoke. Uh, you know when I mentioned no, you didn't. The, Dude, the Rome you guys fiat got so much bit. stuff running around in your head trying to deal with all <laughs> the stuff you're talking about. <laughs> you know, I know what it's like. I got. 25, 30 years of research running around inside of my head. Oh, nice. Uh, so I remember when I first heard the concept of Jubilee regarding like financial forgiveness, other than like somebody referring to, correct. other than somebody referring to like, hey, we're having a party. It'll mm -hmm. be a Jubilee. Yeah. Right? You know? <laughs> uh, the first time I heard it was uh, uh, the guy's name was David Graber. He's he's dead now. And he was he's a self-professed anarchist, although he came from the left. So mm -hmm. he was. He's the guy who uh, who was credited with anarchy uh, is not a bad thing as long as it has the purpose of you know not letting governments destroy people behind it. Right. Once uh, you get too far into it, it gets to be chaotic. So anyway, David Graeber wrote a book called uh, "Debt: The First Five Thousand Years" or something like that. Uh, was the title of his book, and he That's gave pretty neat. I, I'm, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, yeah he gave a variety of lectures, and one of them uh, made it my way via YouTube. Of course, it's lengthy. It's I think it's almost three hours long. But he gave a lecture yeah, based well. on his book, and <laughs> that was the first time I was introduced to the concept of jubilee. And he goes into a lot of the things you're saying about how ancient it is, mm -hmm. and how societies yeah. over the course of time have adopted this jubilee from time to time when it was necessary for states to do so. Hmm. And 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 it, and you're correct in that it didn't exist with fiat because the fiat is you know throttle control you know I mean throttle as in choking somebody not mm -hmm. throttle as in speed mm. by a bunch of those who have the <clears throat> I don't really want to say power but the resources that others don't have anymore yeah. and they can force them to do whatever they want whereas the jubilee concept was land-based because back then uh, property-based didn't okay. really mm -hmm. have loans from a bank i mean you grew your crop you fed your family you had your herds or you were a craftsman you know you made you know carts or whatever it might be that people needed like yeah. like the older gentleman spoke about early earlier when you had the skills that people needed like you guys talk about value for services so to speak yeah you know, and that's why the Jubilee was so – it was part of the um, – uh, not civil, but uh, what's the other term for, like, church-type stuff? You got civil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You uh, know the one I'm talking about. Ecclesiastic. Ecclesiastic. Yes, ecclesiastic. Yeah. It was ecclesiastic law. And that's one of the things that the wait a minute, wait a English minute. from the 900s, it, it, Old Testament law. Wait, bear, bear with from, me. Hear me out for just priest. a second. What you're saying yeah, is that, that it's possible for one person with, you know, some means 
who you know maybe mm-hmm. has a, a something resembling a bad crop in whatever their industry is. Uh, it's possible for them to uh, survive that particular downturn by turning to his fellow man and pledging some of his I'm property in return, meaning banks are completely useless work, right? and unnecessary. <laughs> Shauna is on the line listening to KXLY in Spokane, Washington. Go ahead, Shauna. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Go hey, right ahead. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I just don't think that you guys are right when you um, say that Trump is after fame. I think you're right when you say he cannot be controlled and he's, he's not a politician. And I think that's why they're afraid of him. He went into politics purely because he saw what was wrong in the world and with our current system of things. How, how do you know Yeah, this? I'm sure that he is just an absolutely pure-hearted angel. Why would you say he's not? Well, why? Wow. why well, would... because he's a mass murderer, for one. Well, well, hold, hold on. Why, uh, Shauna? Trump's a why... mass murderer? Yeah, why? like yes. every president ever, yeah. they're all mass murderers. Yeah. Like, do you even know about Yemen? Do you know about the genocide that he contributed to while president? I mean, remember, this is the guy. Okay, your every president has to do things that are not. They don't have to. Easy and make decisions. He doesn't have to. They don't have to. No, he could just withdraw the troops from all over the place if he wanted to. Oh, just like Biden did. No, no, Biden did not do. withdraw troops from anywhere except Afghanistan. None of them do, because this is That's how psychopathy works. This is how psychopathy works. You get some power, and you want more of it. Yeah, I'm not trying to say that Biden I, isn't I a monster. Totally I'm saying Trump is also a monster. Oh, no. Mm, I'm not, okay, nobody is an angel. Let's like be for real. And being Our president isn't something nobody? that you step into. What's that? Don't worry about it. Never mind. What were you saying? I said nobody steps into being president and not and not realizing the immense, obviously, power that you're going to have. I mean, that's that's a given with the position. I don't think he steps into that necessarily as his as the driving force behind it. Not at all. I totally disagree with that. What makes you believe that? Like, how do you well, know uh, okay, what Trump's ever, motivation okay, thought- or thoughts are? He said what his motivation was, and there's numerous wow. interviews. Do you remember the interview? Why do you say wow? Like, because you believe you, you someone you say, who wants you to believe. Wow. So, okay, I don't trust anyone who is trying to get my vote just because they say a thing that it is true. I mean, the the, the, the fact is, you look at politicians, they lie all the time but, to get elected. So why would you believe sure, this but guy? he's not a politician. That's yes, he problem. is. By definition, he's, he's truly, a politician. No, he's not. By definition, if you that's run for why, office, you are a politician. It's because he's not. Madam, if you run for does... office, you are by definition a politician. Now, if you want to say it was his first time or, you know, you want to say he's yeah. never been elected to anything before. He is not your run-of-the-mill, like, you know, been in the Senate. Yeah, he is different. Governor, he's, instead of being a power addict, he's a fame addict. Yeah. All, all the same things that you're saying, Shauna, were said about another president, Ronald Reagan, who was an actor. Before he was a, yeah, but wasn't not, he the he governor? He was not a politician. And, wasn't he the California governor? Do you think governor? the same thing about him? Do you think he was after fame? Yes, he's an actor. What do you think actors are after? Well, he you may have what? been after power it's, as well. It's like making movies is what's fame. Like I don't being a president. Like yeah, that did, is the did worst Trump not kind of do television? Did Trump not do television yes, before presidency? Right? Yeah, is if, that not acting? Why didn't he just continue doing that then? Because the man he has, wanted more. He, he has fame? spent more time no, on television than anybody. Full stop. The man has spent more you're time fired. on television than anybody. Seriously. I look at how much every, every single news station, every single day, all day, all they would it's, ever talk about for like a year was Trump. They kept talking about it after he uh, was out of office as well. So, let me ask you this. You say he's a murderer and he's all of these evil, all yes. these things. And let's, let's, just, let's just go with that. Um, in, then who would you pick? Who would be, you have to vote. You have to vote for somebody. No, you okay. don't. So, I don't vote. 
I don't have to vote for anybody. You know why? I don't need a leader. I'm perfectly capable of of leading myself. Where the hell is everybody going that we need all these leaders for anyway? I'm perfectly capable of representing myself, and I am the captain of myself. I don't need a politician. I I don't need to follow a politician when I can do me by myself. Unfortunately, though, I agree. I 100% like that idea. We're not, we have moral compasses. We know right from wrong. We're probably not going to run out and murder thousands of people or millions of people because we're good, decent humans, right? Well, I'm not sure that people, uh, hold on, Shauna. I I think generally what you're saying is is true. Like on on a day-to-day living basis, most people do know right from wrong. They they are not going to use violence against their neighbor because they can understand they wouldn't want their neighbor using violence against them. However, people seem to have a disconnect when it comes to the political process and the thing that we call government. They don't seem to understand that they are ignoring the wrong that this organization known as the state, whether it's the state of Washington or the United States federal government, is constantly committing. And they ignore that these men and women that are seeking these political powerful offices are using violence against them and their neighbors on a regular basis. And oh, they just seem sure. to forgive all of that. They, they believe that the right. next guy uh, yeah. that's you know waving their, uh, in front of them saying, elect me, is going to somehow be different right. than everyone who's come before. And it right. never is true. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, Visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Caller unscreened, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? I'm Carl. Carl, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? I reckon I was here on this Twitch app here, and I stumbled upon your thing. I like that young Neil deGrasse Tyson boy. Huh? And uh, you you Steve from Blue's Clues over yonder. Okay. You might be watching a different show than what you're calling in about, but what were you calling about tonight? Yeah, I was calling in about, you know, politics and football. Uh-huh. What about it? Well, you got that arch man, and he's going over yonder to where he going. I believe it's Texas. Who? Archman? Yeah, Arch, Arch Manning. Captain, you pay attention to the football uh, scene. I think he's What's talking, he talking about, about Archie Manning, who's, I mean, an ancient relic in the football <laughs> world. So I thought he said Orange yeah, he, Man. He, he, Orange Man. Oh, Orange Man. No, Archie Manning is uh, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning's father. They were both quarterbacks uh, recently okay. in the NFL. So we're talking about like decade 30 or years so. ago. No, I believe you're wrong, Eric. That's her brother. And um, well, he had a son, and there's a new Manning coming up in, in college football this year. Uh, we'll there see is a how he does. So he's yeah. like a junior? There's a junior, Arch. Uh, yeah. okay. There you go. Uh, okay. You put you in your place there, Captain. You yeah, didn't have your you know, football stats. When you're, uh, your trivia. When you're working hard to freedom all the time, you lose track <laughs> of, your, uh, of your sports ball. All right, man. Uh, what's going on down there in Florida? I see you're calling from Florida. Any, any interesting Florida news for us? Now, I reckon there's a lot of math and people doing weird stuff and whatnot. <laughs> Let's go to the real McCoy. You're on Free Talk Live, calling from somewhere out there. Go ahead. Colorado. Welcome, sir. Uh, How do we know he's uh, really the real McCoy, not just somebody calling and saying he's the real McCoy? Is there a McCoy verification system we can deploy? <laughs> Uh, maybe on the blockchain. All right, there you go. There we go. Good right. uh, right. It's the real McCoy. You uh, verified. All right, go ahead. So, so um, just real quick, this wasn't going to be an in-depth call too much. Um, so throughout the week, callers have been questioning what defines the non-aggression principle and what does and doesn't constitute aggression. Yes. Yeah, okay. I have, so I have three questions. I have them listed out. Uh, they're mostly rhetorical. Um, if you want to answer just one, that's fine. Um. But the first one is, why does the statement non-aggression principle cause so much confusion with people? 
two, why does Arya argue, and I know this is a gross generalization of her argument, but why can't definitions in the dictionary be used when arguing for or against positions an individual holds, if that makes sense? Three, is it not best to consult a dictionary so the parties involved that are arguing have a standard of cohesion when it comes to meaning and understanding of one another? To take the third question last, having not heard the discussion to which you're referring to between Aria and the other co-hosts on, I think, Wednesday night on uh, yes. that show, that I would say, yeah, I mean, you have to be able to agree on a definition of a word before you can have any kind of meaningful discussion about it. Mm-hmm. If you can't come to an agreement on that, then you might as well not bother trying to go any further. And, and whether you want to use a dictionary for that or come up with your own house definition, right. I was just going to say, within that, it's between the two parties who are trying to have the communication. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who need to agree on the definition. So is a dictionary a good tool? I believe it is. I use it all the time. Uh, when I don't, they don't know have a word, the same definition. They, they don't, Indeed. no. But when, when I learn of a new word, I will go look it up. I will look at several different uh, dictionary mm-hmm. entries just to make sure mm-hmm. I've you know explored all the different possible definitions, or at least the ones that are at my fingertips on the magic rectangle. Yeah. Uh, but it is important. But it's, it's not important for uh, the dictionary to be like the be-all, end-all yeah. reference of the definition. It's mm-hmm. a tool, not an authority. So, for example, mm. uh, Merriam-Webster altered the definition of the word literally to include oh. as if literally which, to my mind, completely negates the whole circular? value of the word. Like, if literally does not mean literally, then it means nothing at all. We mm. don't have any other word that means that. It's the only word. And no matter how many times people misuse the word literally, it still means what it means. Didn't they also change a bunch of words during COVID yep. as well? Oh, yeah. In uh, Merriam-Webster. Oh, yeah. And they keep doing it yeah. over, over time as well. Governments will do it. So this is some straight-up 1984 nonsense. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, 1984, they also touched on it in uh, The Giver, but this idea of having a a grand unified dictionary of the authority says this is what these words mean, and they can pare it down and pare it down so that certain ideas become no longer possible to discuss. Mm, You can't express them. Yeah, and and that's very true. And so, like, to touch on his uh, his first question of, like, what— What's what's so hard about non-aggression principle? Well, because people are not used to thinking that thought. No, it's it true. is a foreign yeah. thought. Even even as uh, I'm a relative newcomer to the idea, at least here in the studio, mm-hmm. um, I think I get it. But when you begin to think about your actions and your daily life and how you live it, and where where is aggression? Right when you begin to think about, it, you don't see it all right away. It takes a while, mm-hmm. you know, for you to to be thinking in the mindset of where is the aggression? How do I not commit aggression in these situations? Because I guarantee you, if you're not thinking about this already, you are committing aggression in some instances in your life, right? And even to that extent, I'm human, so I'm fallible, and I'm going to probably commit some aggression at some point in my life, right? Maybe even unbeknownst to me, but it, it is difficult, and it is a, a road to travel to get to a point where you can live. The non-aggression principle. It is it is a, a a journey, not a destination. You know, when you're raising a kid, you have to make choices for them, and you you know, it, by all appearances, like you have to treat them in a way that it would not be okay for you to cheat to treat an adult. Mm-hmm. So, like. Well, that child wanted to cross the street right then, but you grabbed them out of the street because you didn't feel that it was safe for them yeah. to cross at that point. Right. If you, now, if you treated an adult like that, that would be weird at the very least and kind of uh, and potentially aggressive. So here's the thing about just broad stroke. Here's how the whole thing works with raising children. They are in trust to you. So there's this thing called a trust where like I can I can give you a piece of my property and you have to act on my behalf mm-hmm. with that property. Now you can't take that it would be a violation of the trust if you went, "Oh, well you've given me $100. Well, I'm going to go spend that at the tracks on my Woo-hoo! own gambling or I'm going to go uh you know, buy some gold with it and put it in my safe or mm-hmm. you know, all these things. You have to act for my benefit and not for your own. So children, their entire lives, like everything that they are, their bodies, their any property that they earn, during that period of time, they are entrusted to uh, what we call the, the parent or guardian, but really it's the trustee. 
So during this period of time, because it, it's it, it's just a thing that happens. You are born stupid. You do not know how this world works. You are incapable of all the things. And dependent on your mother. Exactly. Mm -hmm. For food and, you know, nourishment and care and shelter, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And your father, too. too, Now, that that stupidity goes away over time, and it's very similar to the idea of, like, if someone is drunk and you are their friend, you might really want to look out for them. And you might keep them from doing stupid things because you know them and you're going to act in their best interest. And when they are sober, you expect them to be glad that yeah, you kept gonna, them from doing these stupid you're things. You're going to hold their hair while they worship the porcelain god? Right. Right. Yeah. Now, we are all we all come into this world with approximately zero capabilities. We can eat and poop and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And scream. That's that's really all we can do. About the same way we go yeah. out. Yeah. Now, over time, we gain the ability to make uh, informed and complete decisions. Now, yeah, these uh, th- this is biology, so there's not a nice cut and dry. It is precisely 18 in which you are definitely capable of doing all the things, no matter who you are. But we we do our best to figure this out. And we know that it happens at some point that you become a full adult. And that's an unfortunate fact of our culture is that we don't actually have that like, hey, you are now a complete adult. Well, we don't really have a, a cultural uh, barometer for that because the only barometer we have is the legal barometer. Right. Which so it makes if, absolutely no sense. Right. So if right. somebody is far advanced in their thought process and their maturity at age, oh, I don't know, 17, for right. example, but somebody who's 29 is still, they don't quite get how to take care of themselves. Yeah. There's no cultural phenomenon to account for these things. And I think there's a very easy way to do that. And it's just when they can fend for themselves. Let's go to the phones here. I got Joy on the line. She's listening also in Spokane to uh, KXLY. Hello, Joy. I jumped. Hi there. Hey, Joy. Spokane. Spokane. Sorry about that. Yeah, way to go, Ian. Your non-regional <laughs> dialect is showing. Yeah, and it's Gonzaga, not Gonzaga. But anyway. <laughs> I, I know these things because I lived in Washington State for a while, but no one else knows these things. I've never gone, Zaga. Anyway, What's on go your ahead. mind, Joy? Um, you know, I'm I'm a, I guess, too black and white type of person, but I just don't understand how your um, the world that you describe or allude to works in our world right now with 360 million people in our country and such close. I mean, the world is so close with technology and everything else. Um, how does what you talk about, how can it be implemented? So just to clarify, what we talk about is already implemented in day-to-day life, right? So when you go around in your life and you go shopping or you go to work or you go see some friends or whatever it is that you, you know, you're going to do, you don't put a gun up against somebody's head and tell them what to do, right? Voluntarism is everywhere. You, you interact with people on a voluntary basis, on a consensual basis. Somebody wants to sell you something, you understand that you have to pay for it. You're willing to do these things. You, uh, you don't go around attacking your friends to get them to do the things that you want them to do. You don't threaten them uh, to come see, you know, see a movie with you or go play golf or whatever it is that, uh, that you want to do. So most people, the supermajority of them, already get along on a voluntary consensual basis there are only certain psychopaths and sociopaths out there who think it's okay to use violence to get their way and there are some of these people who are just your average thug and you can use a gun and defend yourself against that person and no one will you know will blink at that they'll say good for you you know most places you know good for you defending yourself but the psychopaths who get into political office on the other hand Everybody thinks they got some sort, you know, their S doesn't stink and they can totally tell everybody what to do and we have to obey them because they got a bunch of other psychos with guns and cells who will throw you in there if you don't do what they say. And that's all we're really trying to change here, Joy, is we're trying to uh, disempower those psychopaths and so people can keep having the good lives uh, the good life and, that we already have. And just to sort of uh, to speak to the like, well, there's 320 million of us now. There's so many. We've got to have this complex system to to manage all these people. Well, so 
Now, you can buy a pair of sneakers that were made in China, and the people that made those sneakers lived to completely different standards of behavior than you would expect. Like, what you expect of your neighbors is not what they expect where those sneakers were made. But that doesn't change the fact that I can just pay to have those made, and now I've got a pair of sneakers at a good price. Now, in the same way, we want a place where we will live our way, and we can still interact with everyone, even though their standards of living are different from our standards of living. Well, I think, see, I have the trouble with whatever mechanism it is, if it's the economic um, system or whatever systems there are, there are people who are going to continually get hurt. And I don't, unfortunately, I, I like to believe that there's ultimate goodness in people. I, I do. don't come from, yeah, we're do. all sinners. But when people start getting resources and power, and it doesn't have to be political, others get hurt. So that's why you, and whether or not it's a governmental answer, it doesn't have to be. But, I mean, that's why initially I worked for the EPA. People went there, and this was in the 1970s. We were there because rivers were starting on fire in the United States. And so there was an intent to try to not have that happen. Um, You know, there's still so many systems in place, and they're not just political. They're also corporate, so many systems in place that are keeping minorities down. And and so that's where I – Well, hold on, hold on. Just to to address your – world where – the, the free market system doesn't, in my mind, doesn't work. That that people, stronger and more powerful people, which tends to be white males, are going to keep other people well, down. Let me and, uh, let me address something for for you, Joy. Um, having uh, a lack of uh, an institution where psychopaths gather to do violence to the rest of us doesn't necessarily mean that the rest of humanity is going to behave themselves and you know everything's going to be all flowers and utopia that's not that's not what we're after and that's not the picture we're painting what we are saying though is let's look at who the number one biggest offender of human atrocities is in all of earth's history and that is the organization calling themselves government an institution now all we're saying is Let's do away with that institution in the same way we did away with slavery, right? When we did away with slavery, no one knew that, oh, who's going to pick the cotton, right? No one knew that it would be, you know, juice from the ground, refined and put into machines that, you know, churn, you know, that emit fire and smoke and, you know, churn the fields to pick the cotton. No one knew that at the time. All people knew was slavery is wrong. And what we're saying is having an institution of violence known as government is just as wrong as having overt slavery, and we should do away with that institution immediately. We have Barrett on the line calling from Idaho. Barrett, are you listening on the radio out there? Uh, no, I turned the radio off because usually it's – I'm listening to the phone. You had the phone on. I was listening to the radio, but okay, um, I know it's interference so no thanks i, I just, just wondering if you were on the radio initially all right so what's on your mind tonight yeah it was a delayed feedback time and stuff like that so i usually t- i turn that off so yeah no you gotta you I gotta turn it off when you're on hold i just wanted to make sure you were a radio listener anyway what's on your mind yeah I'm a radio listener um this is the first time listening actually and thank you for do- taking my call right, um welcome. i heard the comment and to comment on your last thing you said um actually history has repeated itself from the beginning of time and um here, here. I know it's going to be uncomfortable about further history, but you have to have documentation. You know, it's like you were talking about the dictionary. You have a way of a standard to go to to look at what history was. You know, they got to have it written down. Um, 1984, they started destroying books and destroying, you know, the book 1984, 1948, which um, actually right. happened in uh, Czechoslovakia. It um, talked about. Um, but you look at, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on that aspect of that stuff, but people can do their homework on that. Um, but 
he was a former CIA operative that knew what was coming down, um, mm -hmm. and that was turning into communism. Um, some people want the communism in this country. Um, I'll touch on that in a second. But um, basically, that actually comes into um, if you look at uh, documentation of you said a dictionary. Well, I have a uh, history book that I use that is a foundational history book from the beginning of time, and it's called the Bible, B-I, basic instruction for before leaving Earth, uh, B-I-B-L-E. Um, <laughs> I've never heard and, Bible as an acronym before. That's <laughs> awesome. Did you know that buffet yeah, well, is also an acronym? What's that one? Big, what ugly, fat effers eating together. <laughs> yeah, big, Not ugly, bad. big, ugly what? Fat, no, fat effers. I can't say the can't word say on the radio. I can't say radio, the other yeah. F word. Yeah. Oh, I got you. I got you. Let me turn up my radio a little bit. I, okay. Uh, I thought you already turned the radio have, off. Oh, phone up a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm just seeing on the phone. So um, what's the point? Are you? I, I mean, you so, seem a little scattered here, Barrett. Are you driving at like uh, one point in particular? Yeah. Let me get to the point. Um, you were talking about the the history of time, like as far as somebody was talking about the history of time, and the point is as far as the government, as far as the structure of government, um, we've we've always want um, we've searched for a king. And that has been coming, um, that has been from the book of Samuel. And people can read the book of Samuel, First Samuel chapter 8. Um, you read that, and um, you were talking about um, Joe Biden's sons. Well, that actually happened with Samuel's sons. Um, they were judges. And right out of the NASB, his sons, however, did not walk in the ways, but turned aside in dishonest gain and took bribes. And so wait a minute, are you telling me? That politicians and their families have been corrupt since biblical times? I am shocked. Shocked right. to find Correct. this out. Correct. Wait, are you also telling me that, well, even, that even, it was the church itself who wanted to control uh, well, people and put things in their own books, their own literature, that would aid them in controlling people and spawning the organization we know as government today? Oh, that doesn't help you control people. No, no, no. Uh, quite the opposite. Like this actually threatening warned... people with burning in hell if you don't do as the good book says. Yeah, that's isn't not controlling people. Yeah, that's not actually in there. But you're talking uh, a completely different book now. Um, but anyway, no. Uh, so there's there's Do actually dogmatic a part in religions there. all function in basically the same way. It's fear driven, just like politics. Just like uh, that's why I continue to refer to government as a religion. Because government does the exact same thing. They have all the ritual, all the pomp and circumstance mm -hmm. that, that religions do. They have their prophets. They have their deities. They have the throne, the king that this uh, our caller is referring to that mm -hmm. people seek out. They have all of that. And it, it's time for people to do away with all of that. Well, right? yeah, you can have nice. your religion. You can be as religious as you want to be. You can have your organizations and all that stuff. Just stop controlling people. That's yeah, all. Sure. Well, So here's the thing, though. When there's something that comes along that actually has the power to make people more free, which most christians i'll grant you don't even remember that that was the point and that's actually how you're supposed to identify yahweh is because he brings you out of the house of bondage right but when they when they find something that could actually help you become more free the first thing they want to do is own it and control it so like uh gary gensler just said this thing about like we don't need digital currency because we already have it it's the dollar, <laughs> the dollar. it's the yen and see, here's this thing that's making people free, that has the potential to make them completely free. And the first thing they want to do is make sure that they control it. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.